Welcome to episode four of This Stuff Works podcast. We share stories of impact that we get to see with the extraordinary leaders that we work with at Echelon Front. And we get to see how they take extreme ownership of their lives and how they implement the principles that we teach and, and the remarkable impact that that actually has. And one of the most awesome leaders that we get to work with at Echelon Front is a guy named Kerry Hilton, who happens to be here with us today, otherwise known as K-Dog, who's... Uh, if you listen to Jocko podcast, you're familiar with K-Dog, who makes uh, frequent appearances there, filling in to press the record button for Echo Charles and asking some great questions. And uh, always behind the scenes, shooting and uh, uh, great great video content and uh, media media clips for Echelon Front, for Jocko Podcast, for Jocko Fuel, uh, for Flixpoint Media. And uh, has just been an integral member of our team, particularly on the Extreme Ownership Academy side. So. Kerry, thanks so much for being on with us today. Hey, thanks for having me, Leif. It's it's awesome to be here, man. You've flown out here to San Diego, uh, and it's awesome to have you here, man. I'm sorry, you've flown out from San Diego to, Correct. Uh, to Texas to be here. Yes, sir. And uh, appreciate you coming, man. Hey, it's good to be here, man. As always, I know I've said it to you a bunch, but uh, just happy to be here, man. It's an honor. Let's talk about uh, where you came from, right? People here, I know people here, K-Dog on the podcast, and uh, and know know who you are, know of you, but uh, they probably don't know of your story. So uh, let's start from the beginning, man, about where you grew up and and uh, how you got to be where you are today. Sure thing. So um, I come from a little town in North Carolina called Kernersville, a uh, tiny town in the Triad area outside of Greensboro and Winston Salem area. Um, grew up there and uh, went to uh, high school in a area of called Forsyth County, East Forsyth High School. Um, when I graduated high school, I went, went to the Marine Corps. And uh, what, what made you decide to join the Marines? Man, it, honestly, it was uh, my life was a mess, dude. Uh, at 18 years old, K Dog was <laughs> just kind of full tilt, you know, small town, uh, not a whole lot to do. Um, I had a, a great group of friends, but, you know, we were kind of partiers and uh, there wasn't a whole lot to do in my town growing up. So, um, you know, we, we were, we were troublemakers, man. Uh, I was a knucklehead at 18 years old and, um, I remember you, you weren't the only one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, I remember driving past a, a billboard and it was a Marine Corps billboard and it was, you know, a, a Marine in his dress blues, you know, holding the, you know, the NCO sword. And I was just like, man, you the proud, gosh, it got me, you know, it got me. Um, and I remember, I remember specifically at that point, I was like, I don't want anything else. I, I just wanted, I want to be that. I want to be, I think deep down, it was like, I want to be looked at how people look at that guy. Um, because at the time people weren't looking at me <laughs> in such a good way. Uh, you know, just cause I was being a knucklehead, you know, I was a troublemaker. Um, and so, uh, I, I walked in the recruiter's office and I remember that the, the words I said to the recruiter uh, was, I don't care what it takes. I want to be a Marine. Um, and he was like, okay, well, let's, let's see what's up, you know. And uh, so anyway, he, I end up um, joining the delayed entry program for the Marine Corps and shortly thereafter shipping off to boot camp. Um, so uh, did, the, did the Marine Corps for four years and did a deployment to Fallujah, Iraq in 2007 uh, into 2008. I was there over the, the holidays and the new year. Um, came back in 2008 and then got out of the Marine Corps in 2010. Uh, and then from there, I moved to um, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, where I had some friends. Um, and it was kind of the biggest city in, you know, in, in our little area in North Carolina. And uh, it was a great town and spent two years there, got some community college done. And uh, I'd always wanted to live on the West Coast, man. So uh, saved up my pennies and the girl I was with at the time and I, you know, packed up the car and moved to San Diego, it's dollar in a dream style, you know? Uh, and then once we got out to San Diego, I, um, started working in a, uh, a bar, um, there in San Diego and, uh, doing that on the weekends and had a, uh, independent sales representation gig. Um, I worked as a manufacturer's rep for a lot of really great brands, uh, and learned a lot about, um, you know, how those brands operate, especially from a selling standpoint. Um, I learned a lot about branding, uh, and marketing and, um, I've always been a, a creative, you know, so I was chasing some of that too. Um, 
I w- went to school at the Art Institute for Advertising, and they had a uh, a heavy kind of um, d- graphic design and uh, you know image manipulation uh, curriculum for their advertising program. So um, that really kind of added the fuel to the fire on the creative side. And then, um, yeah, I, I, about two or three years after that, I started doing, uh, my own creative endeavors, uh, with graphic design and, uh, making marketing materials for folks and, um, eventually got into photography and video work. Uh, and that's when I met a little guy named Echo Charles. Um, I was up at Victory and, uh, rolling on the mats and, uh, met Echo and he introduced me to Jocko and uh, we we had a few conversations and then Echo started texting me just like hey you know I, we're shooting this video can you give me a hand and I'd pop up and uh, shoot with those guys and then eventually Echo was like hey man like if you're gonna keep coming up here like <laughs> I gotta pay you something you know so uh, that that started our professional relationship and um, went full time with those guys and for the past year year and a half i've been fortunate enough to work with you and the echelon front team too and we've done some pretty cool things together for sure man you've been a critical part of the team definitely and i know uh for echo and the, the flex point media team it's, it's certainly been a godsend and jocko likes to talk a lot of smack uh, <laughs> for sure. to, to tell echo that he's not needed and you got it yeah. got it under control um but uh it, it's to me it, it was what was obvious from the time i met you is um is how much you appreciate the the what we do like what we teach and the impact that actually had on your life and and i think i remember i was with you the first time you walked into the the podcast studio uh when you came in there to help us record and uh and you were like this is the this is hollow ground and, and you were talking <laughs> about is. how you know i, I think for I, I clearly was like hey this is a trooper in the game somebody who listens to the podcast somebody who's deeply impacted by this stuff someone who's not only listening but taking taking what's being said, you know, the knowledge that's being transferred there and working to, to apply it, uh, in their, their life. And, uh, and, and you definitely do that, man, in all aspects, which is, which is awesome to see. Thanks, man. Yeah. I, I remember that day and, you know, going into the podcast studio for the first time and, uh, it, it really is hollowed ground, you know, just the, especially with the service background, you think of the heroes, you know, that have stepped into that room, uh, and told their story, uh, and all of the incredible things that they've done, that that podcast studio is like an intersection, you know, of all those incredible stories and incredible men and women. Uh, and, you know, Jocko, too, you know, um, hosting that and just it really is a special place, man. Uh, and I feel the same way about where we're at now here in here in Austin and uh, this place. This is also, you know, an, ex- an extension of that hallowed ground. The, the home office for Echelon Front now, but uh, it, it is uh, what's great to have you here, man. You've been such a critical member of the team. And I think just not only in the media side and the, and the, the marketing, marketing, you know, knowledge and just just helping us spread our message to the world. But I think what I always love about you is, is from the beginning, as even as you were just helping out with some video you know projects and trying to shoot some content is is really trying to capture what we teach and transmit that to the world. You know, and, and it's something that clearly um, means a lot more than just, Hey, let's, let's put some, let's put out some content that looks cool, right? Let's put, let's actually put out something that's meaningful. Um, and I remember Jocko and I, uh, Jocko doesn't throw out a lot of positive comments, as you know, uh, I've only gotten a handful of those in the 18 years that we worked together. Uh, and I remember each, each one of them. And, uh, but I remember, uh, as you started to come in and do some work with echo and you had cut a clip from one of the podcasts and I had been on that podcast and he just like shared it with me and uh, you cut a clip like looking, uh, I think it was over echo shoulder toward, toward Jocko and, and and you'd cut that like, and the pieces that you'd cut were like, like that's, that is a powerful statement that's being made right there. That's a really impactful leadership point. And, uh, and he showed it to me as, as like, Hey, check this out. You know, it was like a, and he probably never even told you that like, Hey, great job. But this is, uh, uh, but he clearly saw that, that, you you not only you know you not only had had the, the camera skills right in the, in the in the video editing skills but the understanding of what we do and what we teach to be able to listen to a three hour plus podcast and be like okay that is the the most important thing to pull out and and share that clip with the world and I think that's something that uh, that I think very few people can do right without a lot of a lot of training and time and effort 
Um, and even then, uh, maybe still struggle. But uh, you do that, did that right from the beginning, which is awesome. I appreciate that, Leif. Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about here at Echelon Front and that for sure Jocko covers on the podcast, you know, these are you, – you can draw, like, correlations from these ideas to other ideas, right? Uh, stoic principles, um, things you read in the Bible, you know, um, all, all kinds of different, you know, large ideas. Uh, Sun Tzu, you know, uh, you, there's all of these different um, – you know, big ideas that kind of are reflected in a lot of the stuff that we talk about at Echelon Front and in, in the leadership principles and laws of combat. Um, and you, you and Jocko and the other Echelon Front instructors, when you guys start talking about what we teach, you tap into something I call the frequency of truth, because it, it's a, it's a, a, something that we can all identify with, right? There, You start talking about something that no matter what your background is or, or no matter what your current circumstances are, you, you identify with it immediately and you're like, oh, there's this, you can feel it. Um, and Jocko can top, tap into that at will. I, it's, it's bananas. It's like a superpower for him. You know, he can just like tap into that frequency and it starts to resonate and you just feel it, right? So I wanted to... My, my aim has always been to share that, share that frequency of truth piece with as many people as we can, right? So if, if Jocko's tapping into that or JP Donnell's tapping into that, which he does often, right, or Carlos, I, I'm trying to capture that piece so that other people can see this stuff the way I see it, you know, and, and can resonate, you know, resonate with that and, and hopefully feel that impact. Um, so that's what we're looking for, man. I, I want people to feel that, you know, right. Um, how did, how did you come to, to hear about the podcast or how did you come to find extreme ownership? Like what was it that, uh, that led you to that? So it, it actually started before extreme ownership. So, um, I mentioned, you know, earlier when I was younger, I was a knucklehead dude. Um, it was just, you know, I, I kind of, I, I wasn't ever a part of like, um, one group of, you know, kids, I guess. So, you know, you had your jocks and we, you know, in North Carolina, we had like our country guys and we had some thuggish guys and hardcore kids. And my, my group of friends never really fell into any of those categories. We, we kind of knew everybody and, um, were cool with everybody. And, um, I was more influenced by the hardcore kids, right? They, they were, um, wearing like, tight black t-shirts and girl jeans and stuff back then we didn't have skinny jeans you know they wore like actual like ladies jeans to be super tight and stuff uh but uh I listened to hardcore music growing up you know and so I I really identified with those guys um and but you know our, our friend our friend group was was a partying group you know we we like to drink we like to get after it um and I kind of carried that stuff with me through uh my my um career in the Marine Corps too. I, I wouldn't call it a career, my enlistment, you know, in the Marine Corps. Um, and that, that the drinking piece especially kind of plagued me, um, where I would, I would, you know, be making a ton of progress and be doing really good. And then I would be drinking and I'd be out and something would happen and it would be, uh, a devastating thing, right. Uh, where, I, and I, it took me a long time to kind of make the connection, where it seemed like everybody else could do that and kind of get away with it and not have like huge consequences and stuff like that. Or for whatever reason, they just weren't being affected the way I was. Um, and it took me getting to a very dark place in my life where I had to do a deep self-evaluation and a, a real honest look at, inside it. Like, okay, this is where I'm at this is, you know, where I'm headed. If I keep up this, these same behaviors, I am going to, I'm going to waste the opportunity that is the life that I have, right? It's going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to go to jail. Um, it's, it's going to be a bad deal. Um, so in any case, I found a, a book, uh, called success is not an accident. Well, I didn't find my mom sent me a book called success is not an accident by a guy named Tommy Newberry. Um, in the first chapter of this book, he talks about 
how you are 100% responsible for everything that's going on in your life. And for some reason, that seemed like a radical idea to me at the time. Uh, and, and I was just like, because again, I was, you know, I was, I was drinking a lot along with that kind of like substance abuse mentality comes a lot of the kind of victim mentality and blaming everybody else and everything else for your problems and kind of always finding a scapegoat that's not you. Right. And, um, so in any case, that was that seemed like a radical idea because of the 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 place I was in, but it it got something turning in my mind that I was like, okay, what if the if this is true, what does this mean for my life? And and what it meant was that I'm in control. If if I'm responsible for everything, then I'm in control of everything in my life. And that was that went from like radical to empowering, and I was like, okay. That's an idea. That's something I can work with. So I started trying to make my way out of this very dark place. Uh, and that, you know, that started when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, that started, you know, I, I really started, you know, following my, my fitness journey side and, you know, trying to trying to get in really good shape and holding down a, a good job and getting into school. And that's when things started to change for me, man. Uh, and then that got me to... Uh, California, essentially. Um, and as soon as it was, it was right after I moved out to California, uh, or a couple years anyway. So it was probably 2016. By this point, I, I found the book Extreme Ownership. Uh, and when I read that book, it took me like, it, it was like that same moment again, where it was like, you're 100% responsible for your life. But now here's the strategy. Here are some actual moves you can make that will help you, you know, take control of these things uh, that that you are responsible for. So it was all the other things I was missing. And it was, you know, as big, if not bigger of an aha moment that, okay, these are the things, these are the practical steps I can take to continue to move in the direction I want my life to go. Uh, And that's, Again, you know, one of the one of the biggest positive impacts that I've had came from that book. And then um, once I had read it and I reread it, and I was like, "Man, this is this is awesome." Uh, I started listening to the podcast to to the Jocko podcast, and uh, again, again, diving in there, you start hearing people like you know, start hearing from guys like John Stryker Meyer, uh, you know, and some of the incredible heroes that have been on the podcast, and it it you just it continues to add to this growing perspective that that you're developing about uh, one how you operate in life as an individual, uh, what your values are, you know, what you want for yourself, uh, and then how you operate in a team environment, you know, with other people and what you want for them uh, and what you're willing to do to help them uh, get to where they want to be, and that's that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, then after listening to the podcast, man. Um, I, it was funny. I trained at Victory doing the uh, Muay Thai kickboxing thing bef- while I was listening to the podcast, but didn't know Jocko, you know, owned the gym. Um, so it wasn't until I was, you know, 100 or 50, 100, 150 episodes in and watched a YouTube video and saw Victory on Jocko's shirt. And I was like, wait a minute. No way. You know, that he can't, that can't be the same, you know, and it was, it was Jocko's gym. So, um, yeah, I just, I stayed, you know, stayed on top of my training up at victory. And, and that's how I met, uh, echo and Jocko. When you read extreme ownership, what, what, what were, uh, you know, you said when it's actually giving you a, a path mm-hmm. to, to follow, like some action steps to take, um, what are some things that you did differently, you know, in, in your life at that time that, that helped help pull you out of the dark place? hundred percent. I think it was, I knew, so knowing you're responsible for a hundred percent of, you know, the things going on in your life is one thing, but knowing your tendencies and, and so like the mindsets for victory were big for me. Right. So like default aggressive, default aggressive was a big one for me. So knowing that there's a problem and knowing that you're probably the cause you, you're the cause of that problem. If it's something you're dealing with, um, you have to be aggressive about finding a solution to that problem. Right. So my, 
my tendency was to let that thing cook. You know, if, if it's a problem, I'll, I'll, you know, it is what it is. I'm aware of it. I'm responsible Just for it. Just ignore it. it. It'll sure. go away. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That, that thing's going to take care of itself probably, <laughs> you know, and, uh, Fun fact, that doesn't happen. <laughs> they don't take care of themselves. Problems don't solve themselves. They, they don't get, solve themselves. They get worse. They get worse, and they get bigger. And if you don't catch them while they're small things, they, they snowball, man. They turn into massive things unnecessarily, you know. Uh, and then you end up wasting time and resources and, it, you know, relationships get impacted by it, you know. And so, you know, the default aggressive was a huge one for me, and, and that's one I'm – I'm like a, a staunch believer in now. And um, if, if there's a problem and the, the beautiful thing is if you can attack it when it's tiny, it's not even a problem yet. It's just a thing, you know, and then you just clear the thing out of the way and it never becomes a problem. Right. But if you do see a problem start cropping up, you're like, I know what I need to do there, you know, and you, you start moving toward that thing. Um, uh, the, you know, uh, the other things, uh, you know, the laws of combat that was, un- so the laws of combat ideally work in a team, right? But those things work for yourself too. And and these were, these were things that, that I could do, um, in my daily life, uh, right. And, you know, cover and move. That's my relationships with the people in my life, right? So how am I helping them, um, and, and making sure they're good put in, and honestly, you know, putting them before me, right? How can I make sure that, uh, the people in my life are taken care of, you know, simple, gosh, I overthinking and over designing. And this is just prevalent everywhere in my life, right? I'll, I'll sit down and spend two hours on a design and it'll be this big, awesome looking thing. And I'll have to spend another hour and a half chopping away at it and breaking it down to kind of the more simple, more powerful thing. Um, so I have to do that, you know, in, in most areas of my life, simplify, you know, things to where I can understand it and and easily execute on it. Um, prioritize and execute, you know, who, who doesn't struggle, uh, with all of the things we have going on in our lives and trying to identify which are the actual priorities that I can go after right now. Um, and which, which can wait. Do I need to reprioritize? Is this thing developing faster than I thought it was? And now I have to move it to the top and this other thing, what happens? What do I need to do when that happens? I need to communicate with those folks, right? That, Hey, this is now the thing we're working on. This is the priority. Uh, and this thing is now, you know, uh, moving down a slot, uh, decentralized command, uh, you know, as, as a person, um, as an individual, uh, decentralized command is making sure that, that I'm doing only the things I can do. Uh, you know, if, if somebody else can do that thing, maybe I, I think of ways I can get somebody else involved. And that's not just a business thing. You know, that's, um, any area of your life you think of, uh, you know, hiring a CPA, you know, or something like that, that to me, that's decentralized command. I, I'm not a numbers guy. I don't know the tax code. This guy can handle that for a fee. Make, let me make sure the numbers work in the budget. If it does, he's going to help me be successful individually. Um, and and we're going to win, you know? It applies everywhere. I mean, I, I think about, like, prepping my kids' lunches for school. Right? Instead of, like, hey, why am I making their lunch? Like, they can make their own lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, they're capable of that. And yeah. I need to maybe make sure that it's going right, but it's – I need to teach them how to do that so they can do it themselves and I can focus on the things that, that only I can do. That's a hard one, man, because it's so easy to just get in there and do stuff. It's faster, yeah. right? It's it's just faster if you do it, uh, you know, and that may be true for that Wednesday, you know, but you multiply that over every other day of the week for months, you know, on it. Is, is it really faster or would it be faster to take 20 minutes, you know, to, to teach it and then let them do it yeah. for sure. And even if it takes weeks to teach it, you yeah. know, at least you're, yeah. you're moving in a positive direction. Uh, 100%. That's, that's awesome, man. I think, uh, as I think about that, you know, we're talking about the heroes that come on the podcast and, and listen to those guys. Well, one, I think it's, 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 it's great to hear that, that everybody struggles, right? That, that, uh, even people that you hold in the highest esteem has, have their own challenges, right. In their own dark places. And, and uh, and have have to overcome obstacles, um, you know, to get to where where they've uh, to, to even the highest levels of success. And I think 
that's something to to that I think we can all resonate. Right? The big, biggest excuse we give ourselves is that it's harder for me than it is for other people. Um, and I think that's something that, it, me included, right? It's easy to fall into that realm. Well, it's it's harder for me. And you hear about somebody else's struggles. And then, you know, particularly some of the type of people that come into a Jocko podcast and you're sitting there listening to them in person in the studio, you know, oftentimes, and, and you're realizing, hey, my struggles are tiny in comparison to what, what this guy's gone through and what they've overcome, you know? And so, hey, if they can do that, I can do that too. You know, as you're talking about the power of extreme ownership, it's, it's, you know, we say it's humbling, but it's liberating. And it's, it's humbling to know that it's all your fault, right? It, it stings your ego. It's so easy to point fingers and cast blame. And whether it's because you're drinking too much and you got in some trouble at school or in the Marines or, or wherever you are in your life, you don't, your relationships aren't what they should be, or you don't feel like you're in, in the, you know, the position of leadership that you should be with the compensation that you should be getting at work or whatever that may actually be. And, uh, and it's easy to blame other people. It's easy to point fingers. It's easy to, you know, make excuses. And yet, um, if you, if you do that, you're in a hopeless situation, right? You, there's, you have no way to so, solve those problems. Uh, and so we say it's liberating to know that it, it's all your fault, but you actually can fix that. I mean, the great thing about extreme ownership is if it's all your fault, then you actually control your actions, uh, to, to, to change the entire outcome by actually implementing a solution to fix that. And if you're drinking too much, you stop drinking, right? If you're, if you're, you know, don't have good relationships, you build better relationships. You start prioritizing things. You start focusing on the things that you should be focused on. Um, and I think you're an amazing example of being able to turn a difficult situation around, you know, to a point where you're, uh, you put yourself in a position to, you know, speaking of default aggressive, right? Training at Victory MMA, going and rolling on the mats with Echo and Jocko, uh, you know, showing some interest in, in, in video content and what, you know, Echo's doing. And then, uh, and then when they give you some small task to like, hey, won't you come here and show up for this thing? You show up, right? You do a great job. You're eager to be a part of that. And, uh, and, and you, you worked your way into a significant position of leadership, you know, within, uh, uh, you know, it, it, within the echelon front, you know, team as a result of that. Um, and it's, it's not something that was handed to you. It's something that you've earned, um, because you're doing all of these things. You're taking extreme ownership. You're utilizing the laws of combat. You're being default aggressive. You're, you know, all, all those things. Uh, and really the biggest one, which you haven't mentioned, um, was, is humility, man. I, I think when, when you exude a humility that is exceptional, right? And, and I think that uh, that's something that instantly resonates with people. And, and when you came in to, to join the, the Extreme Ownership Academy team, which you're now the, the, the lead for the Extreme Ownership Academy team, which is a huge project for Echelon Front. It's how we actually reach the world. And we entrusted you to, to take and run, run with this thing and manage the team of people that's, you know, we have some highly talented people that are, that are bringing in all kinds of knowledge and, and experience and skill sets into, you know, to that effort. Uh, and, and that's been given to you because, because of that humility that you exude, because of these principles that you actually implement all the time. And you've done a, a phenomenal job with them. I, I appreciate it, Leif. That, that really does mean a ton, man. Um, it, um, I, I really do believe that the the level of you know <laughs> i'm so humble you know you can't it's hard to brag about how humble you are i think the reason i am i am humble is because of the 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 pitfalls right the failures the um getting knocked off the horse in a big way right where you have to evaluate you know your whole situation your life where's where you know where's this thing going where do you actually want it to go um so i i almost don't think of it about i don't i almost don't think about it as humility uh so much as i think about it um as as being grateful you know just just being grateful for the opportunity, um, the, the second chance in a lot of ways, uh, that I got from that like dark time in my life. Um, I, I really am just grateful, you know, to, to even be able to be in a position where I can work with people like this and, and with this team. Uh, and so it, it really is rooted so much more in gratitude, I feel like, than it is in anything else. So I think that may read as humility, uh, but at the end of the day, like, dude, I'm really just happy to be here, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's that's what it is. That's where I feel it anyway. Um, but, you know, that being said, yeah, man, a year ago, 
uh, you and Jocko brought me on, you know, to the academy team uh, to to support the team uh, from a you know a content creation shot content creation side and um, eventually you know a leadership role with with that team um, and you know be, having been a student essentially of this stuff for three or four years you know as of that time uh, having read the books uh, having listened to the podcast uh, and I'm talking all the books you know extreme ownership dichotomy strategy and tactics like I, I love learning about this stuff, you know, and even then it wasn't until I was on the academy team and actually implementing this stuff in a team setting that the f- switches started to flip in my mind, right? Uh, where I started seeing, you know, the dichotomies and, and the, the consequences of, say, like cover and move without communication, right? And this goes back to the, the gunfighting tactic, when you're when you're bumping, you have to call out, "Hey, moving." That lets the other person know that you are now in motion, right? And they need to be covering for you. And then when they get to where they're going, they holler out, "Set!" Right? They're they're com- you're communicating. This person's now set, which means you can move. So you holler out, "Moving!" And now they're covering for you while you move. If that communication doesn't happen, you get two people moving and nobody covering. Or you get two people covering and nobody moving, and now you're getting you're getting surrounded. The enemy's maneuvering, right? So you know things like that, where where you're on a team and you know people are rushing to cover down on stuff, but we we're not getting the communication we need, right? So something else isn't being covered, right? So having to manage, you know these uh, these laws of combat and these dichotomies, um, it it really opened my eyes. Uh, seeing this stuff out of the lab and in practice, you know, actually happening in real time, uh, which has been just awesome, man. Uh, I feel, I feel like I've been through grad school, you know, (laughs) like with the, with the, uh, principles of extreme ownership and and the laws of combat. But, uh, but, you know, that being said, the, the Academy, man, when, you know, when you guys, uh, put me in place, you had some, some different ideas about where we needed to go with the academy. Um, and we had been trying kind of one model for a couple years uh, with the academy and had some great success, right? Impacted people, changed lives, uh, gotten, you know, gotten sit reps on, on our live sessions of people getting like back-to-back promotions in six months, you know, and guys taking their business from, you know, nothing to like a huge team and lots of success. And I mean, it's, it's amazing to watch that happen. But I think the question that was like plaguing you was like, okay, but how do we, how do we do that for like hundreds of like hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people? How do we really drive impact to the world with this thing? You know, that's the question. Um, so that was what the team and I set out to do uh, last year. And you guys have done a phenomenal job with it. I think this, the new platform that we've launched, you know, as of January 1st, uh, for Extreme Ownership Academy, which is our, our, our virtual online training platform, uh, is is outstanding, and I think it's going to be it's going to be that thing that enables us to reach the world. And you know what we've always, Jocko and I've always said from the very beginning. You know, we've we, it, next month we it'll be eleven years since we launched Echelon Front as an official LLC, um, and it's it's kind of crazy. I think it's been that long. In some ways, it's it feels like uh, you know a lifetime. In some ways, it feels like it was two weeks ago. You know, it was yesterday. Um, but in that time, you know, we've 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 learned a lot of lessons. I think uh, Jamie Cochran, our chief operating officer, told it up uh, recently, and we had, we've worked with over sixteen hundred companies and organizations Whoa. over the last, uh, you know, big, small, you know, medium size, any you know, anywhere in between. And that's you know, that's that's businesses, it's companies, corporations, it's it's you know, education, and uh, it's it's hospitals, and and. Uh, uh, nonprofit organizations and ministries and churches and uh, you know, schools and universities and um, and and it just you know police and, and uh, departments, police departments and firefighter uh, fire departments and military units and everywhere in between. It's it's uh, it's been pretty awesome to see um, you know that that and yet how much how much more people can we reach? through an online training platform where everybody who has access to the internet can actually access the content. And, but what Jocko and I've actually is always kind of anchored us is like, you know, we're, 
our focus is always about impact, impact to clients. Like, how can I actually go and help this leader take ownership of a problem, get that problem solved, take the leadership principles that we teach to solve their problem so that they can be more successful in their professional life, more successful in their personal life, better human beings in every capacity and make everyone around them better. And uh, that's that's the goal in, in everything we're trying to do. And I think, you know, what you've done, uh, you and the, and the Extreme Ownership Academy team has have now given us the platform that we can build upon to, to really reach the world at, at, at a an incredible scale and uh, I'm super excited about that. I think there's, uh, it's amazing to see people from so many continents and you know across time zones that are on those those live calls, you know, these private Zoom calls we do once a week and talking about asking direct questions and we love those things. It's such a great training opportunity for us to, to learn and to see the impact. Um, and then the, the, the courses that we have on there that dive deep into these principles of extreme ownership and economy of leadership and, uh, and, and, uh, just lay out the framework for how you implement extreme ownership, you know, and, and help you overcome the barriers to extreme ownership. Just, uh, I'm super excited about where we're going with this stuff because, uh, you know, if, if, if impact is what matters most, like this is what enables us to do that. Me too, man. I'm, I'm couldn't be more excited. And, you know, this is another great example of actually implementing this stuff, um, with your team, this is 100% the Extreme Ownership Academy team, right? So when, when I came on, and I, I told this to, I think I was talking to Ben Duff the other day, and I, I, you know, he was like, hey, man, you know, we've, we've done something awesome here. And I was like, you're right. This is, this is incredible, man. We are, like, straight up going to change people's lives with this. We're going to help people out. And he was like, well, you know, you did a great job. And I was like, thanks, bro. I was like, but, but honestly, all I've done is listen to the team and support their initiatives, right? What is it you think we should do and how, how can I facilitate that and, and drive that home so that it, it, so that we make it happen. Um, and the new Academy platform, this was 100% designed, planned, executed and launched by the by the team um i had very little outside of just supporting my supporting our team um to do with that so you know the 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 idea of again how do we maximize that impact how do we actually start changing people's lives square one how do we start doing that you the team every free content how do we how do we put free content on there Let's produce a course and, and put it on there for free. Okay, how do we do that? We had to literally start from the ground up with the platform, right? How do we make it so we can uh, have, you know, uh, free users on the platform because we couldn't do that with the platform we were on before. And our team went after finding those answers. So one of the biggest things I, I learned, you know, I've learned over the past year uh, in this experience with the Academy team is that the leadership, me, I don't have the answer, bro. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. So the team has to, because they, they, they have the knowledge, right? They're the duty experts at this stuff. So the team can go out there and find the answers, and then we can come back collectively, put the answers out on a table, and say, okay, this is a course of action. We can, we can do this thing and then this thing and then have a free platform where we can put free courses on there so people can just come in, create an account, and take this course. And boom, we have impact. That's what we're after, right? So that's how that's how we went at building this new Academy site is taking three or four of those big questions. Well, what if a person doesn't want all the courses and they just want to attend the live sessions? We have to be able to figure out a way to make the live sessions available by themselves. The team went out and they found out how to get that done, right? And not just get it done, but get it done in a way that's extremely user-friendly, um, you know, sends them a, um, a, a, a reminder, you know, the day of or the week before, so, you know, just they get deep into this stuff, right? So I just want to, you know, reiterate that as, as a leader, I didn't necessarily have the answers. Our leadership didn't have the answers. The team came up with the answers, put a plan together, figured out how we were going to execute on it, and then we went and got after it. And now we have 
a platform that achieves your and Jocko's vision, um, I, I believe, uh, and we can really start to have that impact at scale where people can come in for free, take a, a leadership assessment test, take two free courses, two free 45-minute long courses with like learning checks and role plays and all that stuff and start applying that stuff today. Like they can start changing their life today. And, and that's where I can look at the team and I can look at the mirror <laughs> and say, you know what, we, we got it done. That's what good leadership looks like, though, Kerry. I mean, and that's something that, uh, you know, we had a very successful uh, SEAL platoon when I was the platoon commander uh, in charter platoon in, in Tuscan Bruiser in the Battle of Ramadi. That wasn't because I had all the answers, because I certainly did not. I had an gr- extraordinary group of people. And, you know, if anything, I was, uh, I, I think I at least it, it recognized that I didn't have the answers and I need to lean on my experienced people to, to, to run this thing and come up with good plans and, and let them execute and just get out of their way, right? And so, so I think that's, that's what effective leadership looks like. I think too often leaders think that they have to be the person with all the answers or, you know, a lot of leaders, particularly when they're new leaders, you know, and they're inexperienced leaders, they want to pretend like they have all the answers. They don't want people to think less of them or lose respect for them if, if they don't have the answers. And the reality is no one has all the answers. Um, and so I, th- I think having, uh, you know, that humility that, that I'm talking about is, is been a- absolutely apparent in how you lead, you know, the, the Extreme Ownership Academy team and you keep them focused and you keep them prioritized, you give them the support that they need. And, and more than anything, what I'd love to see is that you take the principles that we teach and we teach this all the time to other companies, but you're taking and, and applying them in the team uh, and, and, and conducting training with the Extreme Ownership Academy team to talk about the principles that we teach. And look, at the end of the day, is what works and what doesn't work. And this stuff actually works, yeah, for uh, sure. which is the name of this podcast and why we're doing this. Yeah, the, the one thing I didn't want to, and this is something you can feel creeping up, right? When you are around, uh, you know, something a lot and you start to get complacent a little bit, right? And you start to, to feel that creep in. And for some reason, our brains, you know, trick us into thinking that we're exempt for some reason from this thing, right? And so this was all over the Camp Fallujah and, you know, Iraq, uh, complacency kills. It was, you know, spray pi- spray painted on every T-wall, you know, on, on Camp Fallujah. It was everywhere, right? And it's the truth. Um, and so I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to feel like I was getting complacent in it. Um, and I wanted to share that with the team more than anything. Uh, just that, hey, just because we work for a company that teaches this stuff doesn't mean we're exempt from it. And not only are we not exempt from it, it counts more for us, in my opinion, um, exponentially more because the people we interact with, um, they're interacting, interacting with Echelon Front. They're interacting with Leif and Jocko, for that matter, when they interact with us, right? So we, I just... I wanted to make sure I was keeping myself to a, a certain standard um, just in terms of like getting that training in, bro, getting the reps in and and looking at this material and, and digesting it. And um, the team was down for it too. The team was down for that. Um, you know, we – and I'm not running the training, you know, most days. Uh, occasionally I'll, I'll jump in and take one because it's cool and we all participate in it. Um, but the team kicks the training, you know, um, and – in fact, we're, we've now, you know, we were doing stuff that we've had in the bank. Now we're testing new stuff. We're using the academy team as a lab for materials that we want to deploy, you know, with, with our leadership instructors or on the academy. So we're testing out new stuff and, you know, uh, using it as uh, discussion material for the training for our team calls, which is freaking awesome because we get to, you know, test the new stuff before anybody else gets to see it, which is cool. Yeah. Which is outstanding, man. I, I think it's, it's, you know, again, this stuff works. And I think when you're anytime that we get away from the stuff that we preach, um, we're struggling, right? This is what every team has got to use those laws of combat. If they're not covering moving and keeping things simple and prioritizing and executing and, and executing with decentralized command, uh, you know, toward the, the common goal, the, 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 purpose, the goal, the insight we're trying to achieve, then um, they're going to struggle, right? And, and uh, they're, they're not going to do well. So 
um, it's 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 awesome to see how you've taken and implemented that. And and really, I, I was kind of late to the party on this. It was me and Jocko and Jamie for so long at Echelon Front. And now that we're a team of about 40 people, you know, we really got to be thinking about, like, we need to be training on this stuff all the time. You know, everybody, me included, we need to be training and thinking about the stuff, uh, you know, about how we improve and, and how we get better. And, and full credit to Jamie Cochran because that was actually uh, – we were – we were on a call and we were talking about something. She was like, Hey, you know what? Like maybe, maybe you take a look at, at that, that those discussion guides or something, check that out. And, you know, she kind of put the bug in my ear uh, about that training piece. And I reported back to her like two weeks later, I was like, Jamie, we did it. Like we're, we're kicking training and it's freaking awesome. And she was stoked, you know? And um, so shout out to Jamie Cocker for that. So speaking of training, you know, we were on a call the other day with the, the extreme ownership Academy team and, and uh, you guys had done an extraordinary job, I mean, an incredible lift to, to move to this new platform, get everything ready, test everything out and, uh, you know, migrate everybody over uh, to, the, to this new site. And I mean, the, the team worked through the holidays. They busted their ass. I mean, they did an amazing job um, and I was super proud of them. And uh, and so I was so proud of them that I was talking to um uh, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine that that's a, a key supporter of our organization. And I, I, I was talking about how this thing is going to be absolute game changer. It's going to be able us to, to reach the world. So he got on and signed up and, uh, and he got spammed with a whole bunch of emails uh, in, in initially, which clearly there was, there was a little flaw in the system. We'd set up some, some email responses. We didn't intend to send 50 email responses within a one minute period, you know? Uh, so it was a little, little default aggressive there. Uh, and so I just sent out a text to the team, you know, you included, it was like, Hey guys, I don't know who's uh, tracking on this, but just, just a heads up, you know, uh, some, some email spams going out. We probably need to, probably need to get that fixed. Well, I tuned into this call and, uh, and you know, the call started with you going like, guys, this is my fault. I screwed everything up. You know, this is, yeah, I, sh I should have done better. And then, then others on the team were saying, no, this is my fault. No, this is my fault. I mean, it was, it was like chapter one of extreme ownership and tasking a bruiser when Jocko stood up there and, and, and took ownership of, you know, this horrible blue on blue friendly fire situation. And I'm witnessing this via the zoom call. Uh, everyone's saying what they could have done better. And I'm like texting Jamie and Dave and, and, and saying like, hey, what happened? man? What catastrophic thing happened? Because uh, I thought this team has done an extraordinary job. And, and then I realized like, well, maybe uh, <laughs> maybe maybe the text that I said, I, I've done a very poor job of indicating that like, hey, these kind of things are to be expected. No big deal. We'll get that fixed. Yeah. Um, and I didn't follow up to say like, hey, it's all good. Um, and when you were taking ownership, I mean, it was it was. One, it was a great testament to see the power of extreme ownership because when you're taking ownership, everybody on the team's taking ownership, those problems are getting fixed. It also was a lesson to me to, to, to realize that the power of our own leadership positions, that uh, when we say things or do certain things, sometimes those can be taken as in, in a certain way that maybe we don't even intend. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's, that's a very powerful thing, I think, that every leader needs to consider. But it was pretty awesome to see all this ownership being taken and, uh, and then at the end of it, I had to say like, Hey, this is my fault because, uh, I'd never meant to, to indicate anything other than you guys have done an extraordinary job. Hey, some minor fixes happen. Uh, you know, some minor fixes, there is no such thing as flawless performance, right? You can't plan for every contingency. You got to just move fast. And, and when you make mistakes, you fix those mistakes and, and you adjust. Uh, and that's exactly what you guys are doing. Uh, and, and you did a phenomenal job with that. And, and it's, you know, it's, we're, we're that much better uh, for it, but it's a testament to the leader that you are, uh, for you taking extreme ownership of, of these things as if it was a total disaster when really it was a pretty epic, uh, epic launch. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of you and the team. I appreciate it, man. And thank goodness for, for you and Dave and Jamie being on that call. Cause apparently K dog was a little doom and gloom that day, <laughs> but honestly, what, what, what that was is, you know, there was, there was that piece. And then there were a couple of little things that honestly, if I would have you know, and this was a good lesson for me too, right? It's like, Hey, I, I, I was a little bit target fixated on, on the launch piece. And, and there were some contingency pieces that I could have done a better job of preparing for. Right. And it's, it's things that I had the, I had the information, right. And I, I should have seen that we could have done a little more here on the contingency piece. And, but that's not even what bothers me. What bothers me is that because I didn't see that, it it created undue 
stress and, and strain for my team. And that, that impacted my team a little bit, Just not, not a ton, but I could tell, I could tell when I spoke to a couple key team members, there was a tone, right? And I could tell that there was added stress, added stress, added pressure that didn't need to be there because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And like you said, this team has worked for seven, eight months now uh, over weekends. I've been up at 10, 10 o'clock at night, you know, talking through problems with these folks. Uh, holidays, you know, these people have put so much into this thing and so much into our team. And if I, if I am doing something that causes that added stress or added pressure to those guys, to those people who have been, you know, breaking their back and working so hard, I, I really do, I feel that deeply, you know, and that, that can't, I, I don't want them thinking that they did something to screw this thing up. I missed that. I, I should have had my eyes on that thing and I didn't. And that's what I was trying to convey in that call. <laughs> and you and I didn't preface that at all with what I just said, you know, I on that call. I just kind of, you know, uh went right into it with the team. So yeah, I can definitely see how that could come off as a little Well, that's that's the framework for extreme ownership, right? Is that when you articulate, you know, you explain the problem and and you articulate the impact to other people, right? The impact to the team. Like you show that you truly understand the depth of the problem. Hey, it wasn't, hey, my bad. I'm sorry I did that. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I actually I actually made life harder for you. I caused added stress on you. I created more of an issue than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. So I think when you do that, and obviously, you know, we have a great course on there now with Dave and Jocko talking about the framework. Um, yeah, the framework for extreme ownership and how you actually implement that. It's a it's a clear step by step process of of uh, you know of, of acknowledging, explaining the problem, acknowledging that problem. You know, it, explaining the impact to the team, uh, and then taking ownership, and then coming up with a solution, and then implementing that solution. Uh, those are the things that I think that's how you take ownership of stuff. And I think when you do that, it's it resonates, and it, clearly it had tremendous impact. Uh, but it was it was interesting for me to listen to, uh, you know, for the team. And, and when I'm like, hey, these guys, I thought these guys did an awesome job, and they're sitting here talking about how much they suck and they screwed everything up. So it was, uh, you know, you took ownership, and then Lindy took ownership, yeah. and then Ben took ownership, yeah. and then Lauren took ownership, yeah. and Noah took ownership, and 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 you know the, the whole team, CJ took ownership. The well, maybe not CJ. CJ didn't take a lot of ownership. <laughs> no, it's I'm funny. Just CJ as well. Everybody on the team, right? Yeah. That, that was stepping up and taking ownership. Of what they could have done better, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and you know that's obviously the the most common question that we get. How do you get other people to take ownership? You take ownership. And when you did that, it was it was an immediate example of that. Yeah, and and thanks again for the cover, man. You and you and Jamie and Dave coming in there, and because you guys turned it right around, and we're just like, hey, <laughs> Carrie, shut up. This team did an amazing job. You all did something incredible, you know. And you guys, uh, what what did I miss here? Yeah. yeah, what what catastrophic, horrible thing actually happened? Yeah. Well, let's. What do you think? Uh, you know, Carrie, you've been involved with Exxon Front for you know uh, going on a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is, in your perspective, like what's your what's your favorite thing? You've been to so many of our our in person uh, you know branded events as you you call yeah. them right, for <laughs> musters and field training exercises and battlefields and mm-hmm. and um, you know those the council. Mm-hmm. Um, you you've seen that side of it. You've seen you know so many thousands of leaders that tune in and, and, and watch courses or be a part of our live sessions on, on the extreme ownership Academy, which, what's your, what, what are some of the highlights that you, things that you get to see, you know, what are the stories of impact that you get to see that have resonated with you most? Yeah. Um, man, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate, uh, in, in that I get to work in so many kind of different aspects of what we do here. Um, the, some of the most powerful um, have been, uh, you know, story stories of impact that I've found through. I, I manage, you know, some different email accounts and stuff, and I've I've come across some pretty incredible stuff, man. Of uh, you know, people taking what we teach and, and incorporating it into their life, and coming back from some just really dire, you know circumstances. And I resonate with that, obviously, because of my story and my background. And, uh, you know, but in any case, um, 
there, a couple things jump out um, right off the top of my mind. One is the council. Um, so the the level of detachment that that comes from being in Washington State um, in the mountains and trees <laughs> on a ranch with you know horses up at Bull Hill. I mean, the the level of detachment you get up there is different. Um, because we, we talk about all the time, just taking people out of their work environment, you take them out of the office building and take them to anywhere else, like a muster event is a great example, right? People come to the muster, spend two days learning, and then all of a sudden they're having these shower ideas, right? Where they're like, wait a minute, how did I not see this? Like, you know, and it's, the fact is you're detached, you're out of that zone and you can think about it a little more objectively. The level of detachment you get at that council event is, is like, 20x that right which is like you're not just out of it you're in a new thing which is like nature in uh you know communion with like folks in nature i mean it's 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 an incredible experience so i was very i was very moved by that i was like this is rad you know <laughs> um so that the council's one the other one and this, by, by the way, as as you're talking about, I'm thinking some of my most favorite leadership discussions have been like hiking down a trail, you know, yeah. up in the mountains there at the council, mm-hmm. um, you know, or sitting on horseback talking to somebody next to you, you know, as you ride for an hour, you know, hour and a half or something. And that's those are phenomenal conversations. You're completely detached. Yeah. It's very easy to see what the solutions to problems are, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and it's. It's a physical representation when you're sitting up there looking over these it giant is, mountain, yeah. mountain tops. Yeah. The the view from that cabin at Bull Hill, you know, just that, you know, you you find yourself just staring out there and and really giving your your thoughts the the attention they need to to be able to get to solutions, right? Uh, the distraction level is way down up there. I mean, it's just like I don't remember looking at my phone up there. You know, it's just not something I remember doing. Uh, because you're just so immersed in this experience. Anyway, it's that was, you know, it was a game changer. It was awesome. Um, the other thing I really like that's super nerdy um, is the chat, the chat box on the live sessions. I stay in the chat box on the live sessions, man, just scrolling. You know, I'm, I'm glued to it. Um, and I, I don't, you know, I don't participate in the in the live calls because I don't want to monopolize anybody's time. These these are you know individuals, leaders who are showing up to interact with our you know staff, our our instructors, um, and get value and get impact. And I don't want to waste a millisecond of that. Right, so I'm like muted and no camera. You know, I'm looking in the chat like I'm just reading these awesome questions. And then it's not just the question; it's another trooper coming in to be like, Hey, I've got, I've got some experience with that. This is what I did. And it worked. And that person's like, Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Um, you know, in creating these like relationships with other leaders. And then you see like Leif Babin, like dropping a comment in the chat, like responding to somebody. Uh, and then these sit reps, you know, the sit reps are probably my favorite part. Um, because these are, these are troopers who, you know, academy members who, asked a question probably to, to lay for Jocko, got an answer. And then now two weeks later, after this thing's resolved or, you know, after they've got over this obstacle or after they got the promotion, you know, they're putting a, a sit rep in the chat and it's all caps and it's, you know, I got the job, like we did it, you know? And, um, so it's, it, you get to see the impact real time, you know, and it's, it's freaking cool. So I, I'm a fan. I think that that is awesome, uh, Carrie. I love those chats, and yeah. and it's you know, one of the things. I, as much as I love the live sessions, answering people's questions, when you're talking into the camera, it's very you know you can't I can't be scrolling through the chat. So, um, you know, if, if I'm on there supporting Jocko, then then I'm scrolling through the chat the whole time, uh, which is I, I I as much as I love talking and engage with people, I always hate not being able to do that if I'm I'm talking to the camera because it's so. It's so phenomenal to see those sit reps, you know, the, the situation report, which is just a military term for for an update. And uh, and when someone who was in an, what seemed like an impossible situation for them, you know, a few weeks before, whether they're trying to navigate through, uh, you know, a, a difficult, uh, a difficult 
uh, time in their company where revenues are down. They might have to let some people go or furlough their workforce. Um, you know, as we saw some companies have to do in 2020 when the economy got shut down, um, you know, and uh, are we, you know, someone's trying to lead up the chain of command to get some support that they need or someone's trying to navigate a difficult situation with their spouse, you know, or their kids uh, in their in their personal life. Um, and, and, and they, they feel like they're in an impossible situation. They get so much good input and, and guidance from like-minded leaders. Some of them who have been in that, that same or very similar situation. Um, and then they get guidance from the echelon front team and they implement that guidance and they come back and they share that with us. And, and that's the, the title of this podcast comes from the hashtag this stuff works, which comes from, you know, the, uh, the EO Academy live session, yeah. uh, chat box, which yeah. is, it's constantly in there, right? Someone put post a sit rep hashtag, this stuff works. And it comes in there all the time. Uh, and there's some, there's some pretty hilarious comments yeah. going back and forth in there <laughs> yeah. too, uh, as well, For sure. which is, uh, it's just such a great community of people. And you know, the, the neat thing for me is that there are people on, I mean, just about every continent on that thing. You know, yeah. there's there is multiple continents represented on at every live session. You got mm-hmm. people in Europe and Asia and the Middle East or Africa and, and Australia, Australia representing yeah, yeah, yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's just all across the the, the world. I don't know if you've had any uh, anyone from Antarctica yet. We'll have to uh, <laughs> to see uh, how that works. Get but the stats. Get uh, get get them pulled up. But that, that's that's a, such a great uh, answer uh, because I love those chats. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, it's really fun to see that. And I can't tell you how many times I will turn my camera off and in the middle, you know, a session as Jock was talking, whatever, take a picture of the chat and send it, you know, because those stories of impact are coming in, coming in, coming in. And, and, uh, and, and I'll send that out to the team, you know, particularly the Extreme Ownership Academy team that's working so hard to, to enable this stuff to happen. Um, and, uh, and just share that with like, hey, check this thing out. Like that's a screenshot of, of, of of a sit rep in the chat of some leader that implemented this guidance and, and the massive you know impact it's had in their lives 100 percent, pretty awesome yeah it's great it's it's one of my favorites for sure the other thing that got me the other day we did that we did that free live session with you know just open to the public um and uh noah captured that video uh of you with like everybody saying thank you at the end um and i, I was I was with Jocko. I was filming Jocko too, you know, but I saw the, the one that, that Noah captured and it was you watching everybody say thank you with just this big, big old Leif <laughs> smile on your face, you know, and it was just cool it to was like very un Jocko with that. Yeah, that smile. yeah <laughs> for sure. But it was just cool because, you know, I feel that too, man. When, when people, you know, when people get the value, you know, and when, when I feel like we, we, we connected, we got, we, you know, we helped that person. Um, you know, when when you get that response back, it's just like, it's it's different, man. You don't get, I don't get that level of fulfillment from many things, um, but that's one of them. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Any uh, any final thoughts you want to share before we wrap this thing up? No, I just you know, again, uh, I am so grateful. Uh, for the opportunity to to work with you, to work with the academy team, uh, Ben Duff, C.J. Johnson, Lindy Horton, uh, Kendra. You know the, these are uh, these are four individuals. Not to mention Corey Mize and uh, Noah and uh, Lauren. You know our marketing director. The, these people have put so much of themselves into this thing. Uh, and and when I look at the the academy, um, I see a way for us to reach individuals around the world. I I talk to the team about this all the time. You know, right now, as you and I are sitting here, there is somebody like a 23-year-old Carrie um, who is hurting, you know, who doesn't quite know how this is going to work out. Um, And it's our mission to get from where we are right now to that person and show them the path. And once we can start to get them, it takes one idea, like that that idea that ch- changed my perspective about being 100% responsible for your own life. It takes one idea like that to get that person out of that cycle and for them to see a different way. And it's our mandate to get them on that path. And that's what this new Academy platform is built to do. You can get on there it costs you nothing. 
You can get on there. You can take a test. You can take a leadership assessment test. You can take uh, two free courses, the barriers to extreme ownership, which is what I was dealing with, you know, back then, all of the things that stop you from taking ownership. And then you can take the extreme ownership framework. Um, and that, that is the five steps to effective ownership. This is how you start to take ownership, right? So we, we get over the barriers and then we start taking ownership. You are on the path now. That is how you get on the path. So that's, that's, you know, why we built the new Academy. Uh, that's the impact we hope to have. And we want to have that impact on millions. We, our, our, you know, the world needs this stuff the most right now. Uh, and we want to be the team that brings it to them. Well, it's, it's our team's mandate to get from where we are to those people. And I, I hope we can continue to accomplish that. So, again, man, just grateful for the opportunity. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for all you do, man. It's an honor to work with you. And uh, we are reaching people around the world uh, in a whole new way now because of your effort. So, can't thank you enough, man. It's an honor to work with you. And, and uh, thank you for all you do for me, all you do for Echelon Front, all you do for leaders across the world. Thank you, Life.